Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. What an amazing, amazing word and lyric and what an amazing thing to sing over our lives. So good to be in church on Easter. Easter Sunday. Welcome to each and every one of you in the building. You know, we missed Easter last year, didn't we? Lockdown happened, but we are back. Welcome to you if you're joining us online. Thrive Online was born like just about a year ago or so. And so wherever you're joining us, from wherever you might be, all over the world, there are people joining us literally from all over South Africa and all over the world. Welcome. It's wonderful that we can be together and share Easter with you wherever you're watching today. For those of us in the building, man, it is good to be together. Such an atmosphere of faith in this place. Come, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Jesus, thank you that your blood shed on Friday ended with a story of victory on Sunday. Thank you for resurrection power that's available to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. Everybody in the mighty Berg at 10 o'clock who was pumped to be in God's house said, Amen. Let's give God some praise. Come on, let's give it, let's lift him up. So good to be together. Are you ready for the word today? Is there some faith in your heart? Is there some fire in your belly? Some chocolate in your mouth. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Have a seat. Let's get into it. There is so much to talk about today. You know, our Easter, the theme of Easter 2021 has been the crown. I'm sure you would have noticed that theme running all the way through from Good Friday, if you were with us on Good Friday, through to Easter Sunday. And here's the thing that I want to, the, the seed that I want to put into your heart and into your life today. And that is that there, was, there were many exchanges that took place on Easter Sunday. Many exchanges. But one of the exchanges was an exchange of the crown. And Jesus put on this crown of thorns. Listen, this crown of thorns is legit. This is the real deal, this thing. He, he put it on so that you and I wouldn't need to. So that you and I wouldn't need to live with a crown of thorns. He, he put this on. He put it on so you wouldn't have to. But it didn't stop there. The exchange of crowns went further. The exchange of crowns was one where In the New Testament, Easter Sunday, beginning Resurrection Sunday, beginning today, there was an era that Jesus ushered in, a time period from his resurrection moment onwards where a different crown would be the, the destiny of every follower of Jesus. No longer would it be a crown of thorns. No longer would it be that, it would be a crown of reward and these, this little crown that's been made with leaves and like a wreath was put onto the head of every athlete and, 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 and person who would win a race or run a race in, in ancient times. Greeks and Romans, they would put this on and that would be a crown of reward. It was to say you have won the prize, you've, you've run the race well. And Easter Sunday ushered in an era where new crowns await. 
The point that I'm making is it matters which head wears which crown. And for followers of Jesus, we get to wear crowns of reward. More on the crowns of reward in just a few minutes. We've got lots to talk about today. More on that. But it matters which crown, because you don't wear a crown of thorns anymore, you can wear a crown of reward as a follower of Jesus. It matters which crown is on which head. Are you with me? Speaking of that, to, to lighten us up a little bit, does anybody remember the moment in 2015 when Steve Harvey crowned the wrong Miss Universe in the Miss Universe pageant? <laughs> anybody remember that moment? If you don't remember that moment, I'm here to help you. I'm gonna take you on a trip down memory lane and show you this excruciating moment of when the wrong crown landed on the wrong head. Have a look. After some thoughtful answers, Miss Columbia was crowned Miss Universe. Adriana Guterres, who bears a striking resemblance to fellow Colombian Sofia Vergara, oh, yeah. was barely finished waving her flag and blowing kisses to the crowd when the host Steve Harvey stepped in and said what had happened was... I have to apologize. The first runner-up is Colombia. Miss Universe 2015 is Philippines. So bad. It matters which crown lands on which head. Are you with me? Pastor Ken preached an unbelievable message on Friday on the crown of suffering. Well, this Easter Sunday, we get to exchange the crown of suffering for a crown of reward. And there were five crowns given in Scripture. Now, maybe some of you don't know this, but there were five crowns mentioned in the New Testament from the time of Jesus' resurrection onwards. The, the time when a new covenant was ushered in, a new era of following Jesus was ushered in. From that moment on, Scripture tells us in the New Testament that there are five crowns given to followers of Jesus. Five crowns for five things. There are five things that God rewards, that He loves, that He rewards, and He gives to his people as a crown for those who have, have, have won a victory in that area. Have you ever wondered to yourself what, it, what really matters to God? Well, God tells us actually in the body of scripture there are five things that really, really matter to him. So this morning, five crowns, five rewards for five victories that you and I win. Why are we talking about this on Easter? Because the crown of thorns got exchanged for five different crowns. It's a good exchange. One crown of thorns for five crowns of reward for every man and woman who follows Jesus and who wins a victory in these areas. First crown is called the crown of joy. The crown of joy. This is a crown. What's it for? It's for making followers of Jesus. This is for the follower of Jesus, the man and woman who follows Jesus, who brings somebody else in with them to, to share their faith. Who, somebody who shares their faith with somebody and invites somebody else in to share in their life. Somebody who makes disciples, somebody who makes a follower of Jesus, somebody who, who brings somebody along the journey and says, as I follow Jesus, follow him. Somebody who teaches others how to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, do what Jesus did. There's a powerful story just on Good Friday in this auditorium, in, in our Good Friday services, a Muslim lady surrendered her life to Jesus. Why? Because somebody invited her into this place. Isn't God good? You see, it matters, it matters. 
So the, the crown of joy, it's given for bringing followers of Jesus along with you. First Thessalonians chapter two, this is Paul the Apostle writes, and he says, verse 19, after all, what gives us hope and joy? And what will be our proud reward and crown? Notice the word, and crown. As we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns, what will it be? It's you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. Listen, if, if some guy breaks up with you, you just tell him you're so valuable, you, you're somebody's crown. <laughs> the crown of joy. Philippians 4, so this is Paul again writing, he says, therefore my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. So the crown of joy is given for, for bringing somebody along on the faith. Can I ask you a question? When was the last time you shared your faith? When was the last time you brought somebody along? Here's the thing to think about perhaps for this crown is, who are you investing in? Who are you investing in? Who, who are you bringing along on the journey? Because if you do, when you do, there's a crown of reward waiting for you. It's called the crown of joy. Why, because you're gonna see these people in heaven and you're gonna go, you know what? I had a role to play in that person. Crown of joy, second crown, second crown is the crown of life, the, the crown of life. This crown is given for enduring through trials. So this is a crown that's specially given to men and women, you and I, when, we've, when we endure through trials, when we follow Jesus no matter what the cost, when life gets tough. Uh, can I take a moment to encourage you if you're in the auditorium today or to, to encourage you online, if you're going through a trial at the moment, if it feels like life has just become a crown of thorns and it just feels like this is the thing that symbolizes your life at the moment, can I speak a word of life and encouragement over you? This crown is not all there is. Why? Because this life is not all there is. One day there will be a moment when you step from this life into eternity. And at that time, this crown of suffering gets exchanged for a crown of reward. Here's the thing, just hang in there. I don't know if life has dealt you a bitter blow in this last little season. If it is, I'm here to encourage you today that there is a crown waiting for you if you will just hang in. Just hang in for the next day and then trust God. It's, I feel like it's a word for somebody this morning who said they don't know how they're gonna get through the day. If you just hang in for today, there'll be a new day tomorrow and there'll be enough strength for that. The crown of life. James chapter one is where we see this crown. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I won't read you the text, but you also see it in Revelation chapter two as well. The crown of life. Here's the thing to think about with this crown, simply this. Hang in there, guys. Hang in there. Hang in there. Third crown is the eternal crown. The eternal crown. What's this crown given for? This crown is given to Christ following, Jesus following men and women who, who live their life 
and, and go about their faith with a measure of discipline. It's given for a disciplined life and faith. It's given for a man and woman who, who, who builds some strength into their lives. It, it, and, and let me show you why we know that's true. Paul the Apostle tells us about this crown. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter nine. Let me read it to you and I'll unpack the text for us in just a few moments. He says, do you not know that you run in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. So run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So it's the eternal crown, right? Because it's the crown that will last forever. And Paul, who wrote this, tells us that this crown is linked to like an athlete. Uh, and he uses the analogy of an athlete running a race and, and competing in a race. And the reason he does that is because he knows that athletes have to condition themselves. Here's the thing, church. For us to live a life of faith and to live our faith effectively, for us to last, for us to win the race, for us to run in such a way that honors God, we've got to condition ourselves with a measure of discipline. I was chatting to Manny. Manny's on our Thrive Church staff and he's also our, uh, our kids' church leader. Manny's an unbelievable athlete. If you didn't know it about Manny, don't ever, don't ever challenge Manny to a running race. On youth camp one year, he gave me a 50-yard head start and he still took me out before 100 meters were over. And I mean, I am an absolute racing snake myself. So. <laughs> Manny runs with the Connie Simbini and these kinds of athletes. Manny's, Manny's, Manny is a high-performance athlete. Manny was telling me about not only his training, but about his diet. He was telling me about what he's got to eat, why he's got to eat it, when he's got to eat it. He was telling me about uh, his conditioning, his strength conditioning, his cardio conditioning, and about not only getting strong, but getting fit. He was telling me about his technique. He was telling me about how important it is, uh, the start and, and the way you start the race. He was telling me about the stride and the length of stride. He was telling me about the, uh, the way you land on your feet and, and how that can affect your next step. And, and he was telling me about the technique that's involved in shaving milliseconds off of your time. And I thought to myself, as I listened to many talk to me about this, I realized to myself the amount of conditioning, the amount of discipline, the amount of intentionality that goes into being an athlete. And that's why Paul writes and he says, listen, if you would condition your life and your faith, if you would take your faith seriously such that you would condition yourself with a measure of discipline in terms of your physical body, but also your mental uh, diet, then you will run your race well. I thought about how true that is and I got really practical with it. I thought to myself, you know, today I'm preaching four services. So I know exactly what I need to be able to put into my body at exactly the right time such that I can last, such that Edenville at 11 o'clock gets the same quality of preaching as Boxburg at eight o'clock. Are you with me? It's vitally important. I know what I need to put into my body. But if, I, but if I eat the wrong things, if I drink the wrong things, if I drink fizzy drinks, if I take those energy things that, that so many of our guys and our, and our staff, and I would never mention Kulu's name at all. <laughs> if I drink Monster and Red Bull, listen, I know it's gonna pick me up, but it's gonna drop me so bad. You know, if I, if I, um, if I stay up too late and I don't get to bed on the... At, on, at the right time, and I'm not talking about just a preaching day, I'm talking about every day. If I binge watch Netflix, 
I go to bed too late. How, how many of you know it's hard to work productively? It's hard for you to be at, at, at your best the next day. I feel like it's gone so quiet in this Netflix watching church. <laughs> if I just make the decision to be a person who just sleeps with anybody and everybody, figures to myself, marriage has got no relevance to me at all. I'm just gonna sleep with whoever looks good. If I make that decision, how many of you know that that's not simply a physical decision, that's a decision that impacts my soul? If I drink too much alcohol-wise, leaves me feeling flat the next day. If I overeat, if the, if the Easter eggs come past in Thrive Church at the end of the service, <laughs> as many of you are hoping they will, Let me take it a step further. If, if I don't watch my mental diet, if I doom scroll News 24, or if I doom scroll Facebook, Twitter, Insta, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm ingesting mentally something which makes me envious, something which makes me distracted, something which makes me jealous, Something which makes me feel less than. Am I talking to somebody here today? So important, hey? Our mental diet. The fourth crunch. So the thing to think about there is, how's your discipline? How's your discipline? Fourth crown. Are you still with me? Yes. 10 o'clock, alive and kicking? Yes. Crown of glory is the fourth crown. This crown is given for leading and loving people. It's given by the great shepherd, Two shepherds, and it's given for leading and loving people. How do I know? Because we hear about it, Peter writes actually, and he says this in 1 Peter chapter five. I'll read from verse two onwards. It says that be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but willing, eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Here's the thing. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive what? The crown of glory that will never fade away. It's given by the great shepherd to shepherds. Who are those? Those are people that love and lead other people. It's given to every leader in Thrive Church, every life group leader, every team leader, every ministry leader, every worship leader. How incredible was our worship team today? I think we should show them some appreciation. You guys did an amazing job, so good. It's, it's given to every life group leader who takes and prepares the night and has got the whole night ready on a Wednesday whenever they do life group. And then, then, that, then that one muhu phones at, or texts at five to seven and says, I can't make it because I'm what? I'm tired. It's given to you, life group leader, when you've endured that. It's given to every volunteer team leader five to eight when the person's supposed to have rocked up to, to do what they're doing in church. And then they go, I can't make it. I woke up with a cough today. And you know that they're actually away for the weekend because you saw them on Facebook. <laughs> it's given to you. That's why we launched the Thrive Leadership Academy because how many of you would know that, that it's, it's, the Leadership Academy is for anybody in our church who feels called to lead. 
lead at home, lead in your business, lead in the NPO, no matter where you are, what you do, if you feel like God's calling you to lead, that's what the Leadership Academy is there for. We launched it just a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's mind-blowing. Because how many of you know that our, our community, our church, um, our community, Boxburg, Bononi, Jermies, Springs, you know it by now. You know, you know even Breckpan. <laughs> if you're watching from Breckpan, please put a shout in the chat and just tell us that you're alive and that you're not offended by that comment. <laughs> our world, our community, our country deserves greater leadership. Guess what, if you're a leader, can I encourage you to, I just wanna speak a word of life over you. There is a crown waiting for you. Your reward is not the side of heaven. Fifth, so the thing to think about with that crown is, is God calling you to lead? Is God calling you to lead? The fifth crown is the crown of righteousness. This crown, why is it given? It's given for intimacy with Jesus. We see this, it's such a beautiful text. In 2 Timothy, the apostle Paul writes, I'll just read to you from verse eight. He says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, he will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. The crown of righteousness is given to every man and woman who follows Jesus, who love him and are longing for him. How do we know that? Because it's linked to intimacy. It, you never long for somebody unless there's, a, is, unless there's an, a love relationship, unless there's some intimacy. You don't long for someone that you're not intimate with. Are you with me? And so Jesus says right here, there's a crown of righteousness. It's for anybody who loves and longs for him. And so what we see in the body of scripture immediately after the resurrection of Jesus is that there's this exchange of crowns. No longer is the crown of thorns the destiny of a follower of Jesus, but the ultimate destiny when you step from this life into the next life is there is a crown of reward. There are five rewards given for five things. And it's a life that makes disciples, that pulls people with them into and invites them into life. It's, it's the life that is enduring through hardship and through trials. It's the man and woman who stands strong through whatever it is you're going through at the moment. It's the man and woman who lives their life and their faith with a measure of discipline saying, not only do I wanna be physically strong, but I wanna be mentally strong. I'm gonna discipline, I'm gonna live life out of discipline so that I can run the race and win it well. It's the life who, who lives and leads people and who loves people so much that they would accept the high calling of leadership. There's a crown of glory for you and it's for those of us who love and long for Jesus and his coming. And it's given to men and women who follow Jesus. Please notice, I never said it's given to Christians. I said it's given to men and women who follow Jesus. Let me unpack this for you. There will be two judgments. Scripture tells us that there will be two judgments at the end of all things. First, there will be the, the final judgment. The final judgment will be the judgment where every person stands before Christ and there will be a decision. Did they follow Jesus or not? The issue for the final judgment is what did you do with the life of Jesus? Did you follow him? It, notice it. It's not for people who've been in church. It's not for people who grew up in a pastor's home. It's not for people who call themselves Christian and have confessed the right thing with their mouth. The, the, 
The issue is, what did you make with the life of Jesus? Did you follow him? As Jesus said, on that day, many will call to me, Lord, Lord. We did X, Y, and Z in your name. And he said, he will say, get away from me. I never knew you. This will be the final judgment. And then it flips and, and there's something more there's something more positive. And I wish I could say to you that there wasn't a decision as to whether heaven and hell is the destination, but scripture tells us that there is. But then there's a second judgment. It's called the judgment seat judgment. And that judgment is only for followers of Jesus. And that's a positive judgment. The key issue there is, what did you do with your life? Because it's a judgment that brings reward. It's a judgment where we stand before Christ and the scripture says that every thought that we've thought will, will be known. Doesn't that freak you out a bit? We say that every thought that you've thought will be broadcast. Yinna. Anybody a little nervous about that? But no matter because our, our record has already been washed clean. And so the second judgment, the judgment seat judgment is for followers of Jesus and it's a judgment of reward. And here's the issue, church. What you do in this life matters into eternity. We don't live our lives ex mutually exclusive from eternity. We don't live our lives in this life thinking that it makes no difference in the life to come. We live our lives knowing that what we do in this life matters for eternity. And what you do as you lead and love people, what you do as you invite people into faith with you, what you do as you stand strong and as you endure trials, what you do as you live and long for Jesus' appearing, what you do in those moments matters for eternity and there's a reward and there's five crowns that get given. You might say to me, how do I do that? It's very simple, but yet profound. How, how do you make sure you're in the second judgment where it's a reward judgment and not a decision between heaven and hell? You simply make the decision to follow Jesus. Notice I, I didn't say make the decision to come to church, no, make the decision to, to say the right things. The essence of the question is what did you do with the life of Jesus? Did you follow him? Not whether you said the right things, not even whether you believed the right things in your heart. It's whether you followed his life. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means to learn to be with him. And we do that through scripture. It means we look at the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We look at his life. Church, we read about Jesus' life. And we look at how he reacted to people. We look at what he said to who. We look at the rhythms and, the, and the, the structures of his life. We look at the way he responded. We look at the things that he did. We look at the generosity he displayed. We look at the words that he said to people. We look at his life. We study his life in scripture and we say, Lord, I wanna be with you. I want my life to look like yours. So practically what that means is if the scripture says Jesus got up early in the morning to go and pray, guess what it means? 
as a follower of Jesus, I get up early in the morning to pray. Are you with me? It's that practical. We learn to be with him. We learn to become like him. As we read scripture, we take it to God in prayer and we say, Father, I, I read that Jesus did this. I feel like my life's a little bit not, not quite following in that area. And we simply bring it to God and the Holy Spirit with all of his sweetness and with all of his presence, he comes and he just begins to mold us and shape us and change us and form us into the very likeness of Jesus. So we learn to be with him through scripture. And then we become like him through prayer. And then we do what he did through action. That is, if Jesus gave dignity to the outcast, we do. That is, that if Jesus surrendered his life to God, we do. That is, that Jesus, if Jesus prayed, not my will, but yours, that's the kinds of prayers we pray. We do what he did. So how do we follow Jesus? How do we how do we trade a crown of thorns for five crowns of reward that's gonna get given to every follower of Jesus who gets victory in those areas? How do we do it? Part of the difficulty in our culture is that we need a head available to be able to have these crowns put on us. Are you with me? Each one of us, we, we actually need our head available for the crown to go on. Are you with me? You need space. You need headspace. <laughs> Excuse the pun. You need headspace. The problem in our culture is that so many of us have got the crown of me because we're the king in the kingdom of me. And so we're too busy wearing the crown of me to have headspace. for the crown of reward. And that's why we sang the song we sang today. Because all of our crowns, we cast them at his feet. I don't know what the crown of me looks like for you. It might be the things you're pursuing at all costs. It might be a lack of surrender. It might be a, a deep selfishness that's run through you. It might be a determination to go your own way, to do your own thing. It might be a hurt that you're carrying and you just won't let go and you've let that hurt define you. There's a kingdom of me on your head and until the crown of me can come off, there's no space for a crown of reward. How do you follow Jesus? Take the crown of me off. Let's pray. And as we do so, my invitation to you today, every single person in the, in the church today, my invitation to you today is very simple. With every head bowed and eye closed, it's very simple, my invitation to you, and that is simply, do you want to follow Jesus? Do you wanna take your crown of me off and, put a, and make space for him to do with your life what he needs to? Notice I didn't say, have you been in church ever before? I didn't say, have you grown up? I didn't say, have you served? I didn't say, have you been in, you know, in, in church um, many times before? I, I didn't even say, have you called yourself a Christian? I've just said, made the statement, do you want to follow him? My invitation is simple. Do you want to follow him? And in just a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity 
to slip up your hand and respond. The reason I do that is because everybody who encountered Jesus in Scripture responded. And so all across this auditorium and online, just a moment, I'm gonna get to count of three. And as I do so, if you're online, you can WhatsApp the words, follow Jesus, if that's a decision that's going on in your heart right now. Those of us in the building, I'm gonna ask you to respond simply by raising your hand. My invitation is simple. My question is just singular. Do you wanna follow him? Because if you do, he will rewrite your life in the most beautiful way ever possible. Ready? Here we go. On the count of three. One, two, three. Hands up all across this place. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.